1: Real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
3: This is it. The
4: time has come.
5: Saturday night's all right for fighting. And one count. Push him down. Get in the ring. Go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You better than that on Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure as always to be in your company. Before we get stuck into this week's show, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Make sure you write a five-star review in the iTunes charts. helps with the old visibility. And you can also get your Android feeds via our website, TalkSport.com. Now, this show is action-packed. You're going to hear from Clarissa Shield, Jack Catterall, Lyndon Arthur and Frank Warren. They're all on the show coming up. But we're going to start with the biggest talking point of last week. Where Dillian White and Otto Wallen was called off because Dillian White pulled out through injury. First up, Dillian White to give his side of the story.
6: He's in big
7: trouble, and down goes Pavakin, back into the fourth round, and it is over, and it is personal redemption.
6: about him in the first round, and like I said, I was disappointed that I didn't finish him because I believe I could have finished him, but because he's so dangerous and he's so tricky and so extreme, I had to calm myself down, relax and take a backward step. WBC
8: Diamond and WBC Interim Heavyweight Champion of the World, Dillian, the Body Snatcher!
6: Training, I was ready, I was prepared, you know, obviously I um, spent a fortune in training camp, you know. Um, I see Wallen's complaining, he spent 20,000 or something. So I was like, well, try spending six times in my training camp. And I mean, um, you know, people saying I pull out because of whatever reason. If that was the case, why would I have four sparring partners here paying out of pull out three weeks ago, whenever the ruling was, you so I'm saying that I have the guys here, my whole team's here. I think people just started going home yesterday, you know what I mean? Because obviously we suffered the injury, you know, I wanted to fight, you know, I wanted to fight. And obviously the guys, um, obviously that's why you got professional people in your team, people who who's, who's use their brain, I use my balls and my muscles, you know what I mean? Um, you know, and these guys are, are the, the brain, and brain guys and the surgeons and the doctors, and they told me, you know, if you fight,
5: you're going to risk your career. So,
6: you know, what else am I going to do? It's a shoulder injury,
5: yeah? What's a yeah? Have you have you? Is it your your rotator cuff? Is that what you've torn or something?
6: No, you know, obviously, I'm not sure. Um, I don't want to go into too much details about it.
5: Okay. Do you have a prognosis of length of time of how long you're going to be out for and and when you can actually get back into the gym and start training?
6: Well, I can't really do real training for the next six weeks, so I saw so. You no, know, just just recovering and taking it easy, you know? I mean, I've been training for a long time. Mm. As well. I've been training for, for the longest, you know what I mean? So that, that could be part to do with it as well. But probably, yeah, I won't be able to do any real training for six years. But I'm still ticking over, still, obviously, doing lower body stuff. And, you know, obviously, I can't afford to just sit around and just lose everything, all the gains I've made these last few months, you know.
5: Like you say, a frustrating time for you, uh, especially with, with what is on the horizon. Activity is key. And you're a fighter that likes that activity. You like to be out there. You like to be doing your thing. Mm-hmm. So incredibly frustrating that you're not out there next week to be able to do something against the name that a lot of people know.
6: I love to fight. You know, I didn't. I didn't have to fight Ataulan, but we went and picked him. You know, in was handpicked. I just picked him because people say, you "No, know, he's dangerous and he's this and he's done that to Fury." But I think he's garbage. And I was looking to stop him in the first six, seven rounds to be in this, so obviously. You know, um, just just because of activity and just the fact that. Okay, cut Tyson Fury, but he didn't really show no real ambition in the fight, no real winner's mentality, because with a cut like that, he could have done everything he could to get it stopped. You know what I mean? Fury came back and started beating him up and pressuring him in the late rounds. And That's why when the guy is saying I'm scared of him, I'm like, dude, I thought, I you know, you up a fight with Lucas Brown, you know. I almost killed Lucas Brown, so why would I be scared to fight you, you know?
5: Just, I know that Gareth wants to jump in in a minute, but I just want to give our listeners a little bit of an explanation of the situation. And you, you touched upon something there. You picked Otto Wallen, and that's a key thing, I think, in this whole uh, discussion. And I want to just give people the background regarding the WBC and where you mm. currently stand and what have you. Um, as you just said, you made a fight with Otto Wallen. The yeah, w, I, the, I went and picked him. Yeah, the WBC have not come and they've not mandated that particular fight. They, are, You have gone and you have picked Otto Valin for a fight. Now, in the in the aftermath of that, Tyson Fury has fought Deontay Wilder. The WBC, off the back of that fight, had then said to uh, Tyson Fury, you've got 30 days to make a fight with Usyk. If you can't make that fight with Usyk, you will be fighting your interim uh, heavyweight champion. That interim heavyweight champion is, in fact, yeah. Dillian yeah. White. Yeah. And
6: this is a voluntary... And pick Sherry that we picked, you know what I mean? Obviously, I just picked him to bash him up because I love fighting and I enjoy fighting. And he's this so-called bogeyman, just like Luis Ortiz, and all of these guys. These guys are
5: cabbages. I just wanted to make sure that that was clear for people listening, because obviously people now say, well, it's a, it's a semi-final. Hmm. He's got he's got to fight Wylan before he goes on to uh, Tyson Fury. No, that's I don't what? have to fight no one. No one. Just, yeah, that's right. I just wanted so- to make that clear for everybody listening because no, there's a is. lot of confusion, isn't there, Gareth?
8: There, you know, there is. I mean, we know that Dillian's the the interim WBC champion. Um, he's been waiting three years. Let's be honest, waiting three years <laughs> to challenge for the title while Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury have held the belt. COVID's held him up as well. And you know, I was out with you, wasn't I, Dillian, in Portugal a week ago? Yeah. And yeah. You and I spoke for half an hour about hmm. you preparing for Otto Valin, and you said all those things that you always say, which is that. I'm prepared to fight, I, I just want to fight, you're a warrior, we know you are, it's why you become box office, it's why we love you, because you'll yeah. fight anyone, any place, any time, we know that about you. My the record thing, shows it. it. It does, it does show it, and how active you are. The only thing that happens now, though, that I that that I feel doesn't work for you is, if you have to wait now to fight, say, mar- till March... Um, mm that'll mean you've been out for a year and you haven't been inactive like that for a long time. Um, yes. And, 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 and also, I, I think with all the naysayers around, I mean, it's brilliant you've explained it, um, you know, the clarified what's going on. I don't think Eddie Hearn helped last night in an interview with IFL where he said, now you might fight Fury next. And it made everyone kind of assume, oh, he's just pulled out because it's Tyson Fury next, not Otto Vallin. Um, mm and he did say that yesterday, but, you know, but if you do get Fury next and it happens to be March
6: next year, presumably you go with that. Yeah, of course. See, if you, you've got the red title and, and that's what I've been waiting for, that's what I've worked for. And that's what, you know, I mean, I've paid, I don't know my sanctioning fees, so I've paid towards the belt along of wait or patient. I could have easily abandoned this route and gone down another route like years ago, but I, I've waited and I've waited and I've waited and, I've waited, and I've waited and I've pursued and delayed and delayed and waited. So what am I gonna do? Obviously, I have to is is handpicked cherry, you know. Obviously, fight at the and fight Thousand Fury. What are you gonna do? It's common sense. But like I said, listen, I'm not scared of no one. Um I've never pulled out a fight before. You know, I mean, I was up, I wanted to fight. D- Dillian, you can't do anything
8: till early December now, as you're saying. Right. So that's when you'll get back into using your upper body again. Um, yeah, should, yeah. Should. But should we should we be now waiting? Should pressure be applied to the WBC by everyone just to see what they're going to mandate rather than them sit back and not do anything for a while?
6: I think they're going to mandate me versus Taz and Fury. They basically said it already. So, yeah. so it's already been mandated already, really. So <laughs> we don't need to wait. But we need a date, though, don't we?
8: We need a date. I know there's 30 days, but we need a date.
6: Um... Well, 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 obviously, we have, that's uh, for me and his team. So uh, at the end of the day, he just yeah. fought, you know, we don't know when he wants the rest. Sir. We don't know what Taz Fury is going to do. He might just, he might just tomorrow, tomorrow just say, yeah, that's it, I'm done. He might go missing, he might disappear, yeah, yeah, he might, yeah, yeah. you know, you yeah. don't know, so... We well, have to get him quick. Plan. Get him quick. Well, he, you know, he like, you know, we, we we was ready before this fight, you know. We, he's pulled out like, two fights to me before, if you remember, he mandated to yeah. fight me twice before yeah. and he's pulled yeah. out, so... I Vegas, Dillian, you know. Vegas, Wembley Stadium, O2 Arena. No, what, what are you I wanted to be in, in the UK, man. It's that's a that's a UK fight, you know. Vegas is great. Love to go to Vegas and fight, but that's 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 a British fight, you know. That's that's a that's an all that's the biggest British title fight since the next Lemos, Frank Bruno. I Agree.
8: I like it. I Agree. Did, where do, sorry, I'd, Car- yeah. Cardiff, would it be if it's around March, April that time? I don't know and I don't care. And now there's in
5: England, <laughs> I don't care. That's a fair point, fair point. Dylan, you just mentioned there that there was obviously other options and you you put your attentions into the WBC and they've kind of mugged you a little bit over, over that period of time. Hindsight's a wonderful thing in boxing, mate. Has there ever been a period, maybe over the last two years, where you've thought to yourself, ah? Oh, I should have taken this route or I should have taken this route because these guys aren't looking after me, you know what I mean? Is it Was there ever an opportunity there that you thought, if I'd have done this, I have might have got my world title shot a bit quicker?
6: Yeah, there is always that thought in the back of your head, but, you know, I tried to live my life on a, on a forward-thinking mentality and, and I was thinking, if oh, I've done this. So, if I, I, my whole life would have been Ah, uh, if I went to school, if I had better this, if I had this, if I had that, i have been my whole life. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm. I wouldn't move forward in life. I would just jump. Be angry and thinking. Ah, oh, yeah, this, this, this. But this is life, you know. Like, 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 you know. When life gives you lemons, you have to try and make lemonade. And just suck the lemons.
5: Fair point. You really fancied the Wilder fight, didn't you? I could tell in your eyes that you really fancied that Wilder fight.
6: I, I've been trying to fight Wilder for the longest time. You know what? What more could I do? What more could I honestly do to fight the Wilder? You know, he picked Tyson Fury over me because he thought Tyson Fury was an easy walk because the, the mental state and out of the ring and out of shape and he got beat
8: up. <laughs> what did you think of that third fight, Dillian? You must have enjoyed it. Most of us did.
6: I, I think the third fight took a lot of both, man. And Tyson Fury mm. doesn't seem to be getting any better technically. He seems to be trying to be more of a puncher, you know, on what guy's done. But I think, you, I think that's because he's naturally slowing down now. You know, I think he's mm, naturally... Yeah slowing down now and then obviously probably the crunk style or whatever you know and he's taking mm-hmm. a lot more punishment than he used to do and also he's under pressure to make fights exciting because it's been his a jury fight it sucks you know, like you know like his last three fights of the inter has been good but before that there's no real fight it starts to really think wow that was amazing okay he beat Klitschko but it wasn't like wow that was a sick fight it was like wow he actually beat Vladimir Klitschko but wow it, it was the like rude, tough, round, bore, face—you know.
8: Yeah, but tell r- null- you he did nullify a guy. He, yeah, but he did nullify a guy who yeah, dominated the division for no reason. relax, finale, relax. relax.
6: Klitschko was sixty years old by the, by then. <laughs> relax, <laughs> that, that was an aging Vladimir Fitchko. He lost the ring, he lost the edge of the ring canvas and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Come on, let's be honest. Like, uh, 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 I, think even Fitchko turned up against Joshua's better than the one that that Furyful. Let's be honest.
8: That's I think it. he took his jab away. I think he took his jab away brilliantly. And uh, oh, you, you can think whatever what
6: you want to think. That's up to you. That's your opinion. I don't really care. What do you? Well, thanks. What do you? <laughs>
5: uh, what do you make of uh, Anthony, Jim um, uh, hopping in America at the moment, mate? Obviously, look, looking for new new coaching prowess. You know
6: what? The easiest thing to do when you lose is to question the people around you instead of questioning yourself. Yeah. You know, it's easy to because just Robert McCracken, I think, is a great train. Look at what he done for Carl Frutch and other people. You know what I mean. Uh, mm. And the the GB squad and other fighters that's come up on. I think he's a good trainer. I think he might be the more sublimest trainer for the guys to keep that style where you you know you are gonna keep it long and keep it basic, but it's effective and it's got Russia to a uh, world championship. But when you lose, you start looking for excuses. Ah, oh, maybe I didn't sleep enough. Maybe it's my coaches. Josh's problem is with himself. It's not with his coaches. <clears throat> it's not with no one. It's it's him. He let all his idiots come around him and start telling him, Ah, oh, yeah, do this and be like this and and he it, should have started steaming um after a few rounds. He should have at least tried. You know, I mean he just he just subdued to a twelve round beating and, and got stopped in my opinion in the last round. Do you, you think you can beat him in the second fight? I don't know. I thought I thought Usek stopped him in, in in the last round. I thought he got stopped, you know, I thought the referee should have stopped it.
5: It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Listen, uh, I don't know if you saw last night, but your old pal Oscar Rivas picked up the bri- the new, what we class as bridge Bridgeweight title, my man. Yeah, ba- Babbage, Babbage, was, ba- uh, Babbage, Babbage is already on him already. Babbage I was going to let's, let's go, Babbage is like, yep,
6: I want that, you know.
5: So That, that was going to be my f- train of thoughts. I saw Alan on, uh, on social media this morning. He fancies it. He fancies that fight, man. Is that something that you'd advise yeah. him to go and do?
6: Alan's a warrior. He even wanted to fight Atta Wallin and Atta Wallin's mm. team, team turned it down. He goes, listen, you've trained, I've trained. My, my brother is out because of injury. Let let me get it on. And Wallin said, why are we going to fight a guy that's eight and no, I with eight KO? Because he's ranked and um, he's exciting. Um, and you've trained and wasted 25 grand in training camp. So I
5: don't recoup some of it. Listen, I just want to finish off, mate, by uh, what are you training these dogs for, right? Because I keep seeing them on these treadmills and they are running marathons no. out there, pal. What's going on? <laughs> no, nah,
6: you know what? Like I, I got a few dogs in it, so it's difficult to... The dogs are working, though. they used to working. But when I'm in camp, it's kind of difficult to work the dogs as much as I need to, so they got a lot of extra energy and then they start destroying the trees and start trying to escape and barrel and stuff. So I got to burn up the extra energy. So we, along with their normal walk, 20, 10 minutes, 15 minutes in treadmill burns up a lot of energy, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and it's, it's safe as well, because it's, it's alphapedic. And because they're big dogs, Any what big dogs are on a the concrete, they can get problems with their elbows. The yeah. treadmill is a safe option because they treadmill, so. So it's a good way to get them excited. it's a good way to get them excited. And it's, it's a new stimulus for the dogs, which is very important.
5: Now, following speaking to Dillian, myself and Gareth caught up with one of our favourite American journalists, Dan Raphael, who's been very vocal on this situation, and this is what he had to say.
4: Guys get injured or ill or whatever all the time and and have to pull out of fights or postpone fights. Uh, And while I personally don't necessarily doubt uh, Dillian White's, uh, the veracity of his injury, uh, you know, it's understandable why there are some people, uh, fans, other media, certainly the team of Otto and, his, and, and Otto himself that are questioning it because they feel like, you know, he was literally going to the airport when he got a text message from his manager explaining to him what had happened. Don't go to the airport. The fight might be off. This is when uh, Dylan was supposedly uh, or in the process, I guess, of seeing his doctor uh, about the injury. And, you know, it's, their viewpoint is it's all very convenient that this occurs at a moment when uh, Tyson Fury has defeated Deontay Wilder and he could potentially just bypass the fight and go right into the, to the possible fight with Fury for obviously for the title and for a lot of money so that the, the, the uh, Otto's team and, and Dimitri Salita, his promoter, uh, they would just like to have uh, the, 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 the injury verified, understandably, because no offense to anybody, but just because you get a press release with a quotation from a doctor uh, that you've never spoken to or seen or anything or, and a quote from the promoter and a quote from the boxer himself uh, you know, you know, it's what's the old saying, uh, uh, trust, but verify, you know, okay, so you're injured. We're sorry to hear that, but let us, you know, have an independent doctor examine You and make sure that it's legit. And, uh, and if so, you know, good luck getting better. And hopefully they'll reschedule the fight. Mm.
5: Dan, I don't know if you've seen this. Um, I know that Gareth has, uh, I was watching a, uh, an interview with our good friends at IFL yesterday that uh, Coogan did with, uh, with Eddie Hearn and Eddie Hearn was asked the yeah. question as to what is next. Uh, and he was, I won't say adamant, but he, he insinuated that the next step for Dillian will be um, when the WBC, we imagine, will mandate champion versus interim champion for the heavyweight championship of the world. He's pointing him towards Fury rather than rescheduling uh, a violent fight. What's your thoughts
4: on that? I think that they're probably right. And I understand it from their perspective that it's obviously a, a much bigger fight. It's a lot more money. And frankly, Otto Vaughan is a very dangerous opponent, as Tyson Fury would be the first to attest, given the difficulties that Dyson had when he fought him in 2019 um you know the, the point that i have made is and I'm, I'm not throwing any under throwing any anyone under a bus or calling anybody a liar or this or that all i know is this if and this is not just about the dylan white situation or there could be any any number of boxing matches that get postponed or canceled due to an injury if that is the case and one boxer has got an injury or says that he is ill or hurt just prove to the other side that that's true if it's true Then you go by what the contract says. Now, every contract has rescheduling, language. my understanding is that in the contract between Otto and White, rescheduling is at the Dillian White team's prerogative. So if, in fact, they can show that he is, in fact, ill, it would be their prerogative not to reschedule, and that would certainly allow them to go into a a Tyson Fury fight. Um, But the point is, people just want to see transparency. They want to know – you know, is 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 the boxer actually injured or ill, and if so, you know what what's the status in terms of your your obligation to do the fight on a rescheduled basis? Now, if he's not obligated to to reschedule it, then then so be it. Then let him go and fight the bigger fight. But if he is obligated to to reschedule uh, the fight, it's not fair for. Uh, and this is the point, by the way, that that Otto and and Salida made when they spoke to a few of us media guys on a Zoom call on Friday afternoon, is that that he literally had just done a full training camp, cost him tens of thousands of dollars to do the full training camp. His bags are packed. He's about to get in the car and go to the airport for the flight to London. And he gets a text message from the manager saying, hold up. And the only thing that they have that says that, that uh, the fight's off is the quote from the doctor in a press release. I mean, that's not enough. If you're me to, to prove it. Now, again, I'm not saying he's not really hurt. I'm saying, that, that Otto Welling and his team have every right to have actual proof that the injury exists and well, then the, to have it clarified, whatever their contract says, about the status of any potential reschedule.
8: To, um, so they're, they're all points very well made, Dan, but I think what we have to think about here is if he's got a small muscle tear, if he's got a pectoral tear, if, he's got, if he can't throw his punches properly, this is Dillian White,
4: three years he's waited to challenge for the WBC title. You're then. forgetting that he got knocked out. The clock starts over. That doesn't count. Whatever issues he had with the WBC, pre pavetkin one, are gone and erased in history. And by the way, for a long period of time where they claimed he was the mandatory, he actually wasn't the mandatory. Mm-hmm. The mandatory was, was the number one. reveal. Yeah. And yeah. that's yeah. where he the confusion, for a lot of fans, but that's, that's the where the WBC- confusion is. Here's
5: because the, 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 the-, 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 the wording from Maurizio, yeah. after, after the fight with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, the wording was interim champion. And Dillian White is interim champion. That's that's the thing, isn't it? It's not a mandatory situation. It's not a number one situation. He's the interim champion. I agree with you regarding the Povetkin thing, but he's the interim champion, and that's about to be called. But but everybody just wants to say he's been waiting three years for the fight. That's
8: nonsense. He got knocked out. No, he did. But but he all right. He had waited. I I can't remember exactly how many days now till he was till he lost in August last year against Alexander Povetkin. He lost that position. Fair enough. But you know, let's be fair to the guy. He has fought and fought and fought, and he does deserve. Oh, what well, The point I was trying to make is he's waited so long to challenge for the WBC title. He's waited through the COVID period. He's stayed very active. Um, if you have got a slight injury and there is a prospect of the WBC ordering the champion against the interim champion, you, you, you're not going to take a big risk, are you?
4: That's the point.
8: If you have got a small injury, you're not going to no take a big risk.
4: Gareth, I got no problem with that. My, I am. I'm a Dylan White fan. I like the guy. I've enjoyed watching him fight for a long time. He's a he's a good guy to interview, and I think he's a, you know he's a decent human being. I mean, he's a warrior, he's been a, he's, and he is a warrior. I mean, he's everything you want to see in a, in a, in a top heavyweight. So this is not in any way a negativity about about Dillian White. The point of view is, if you're the other side, you just should be given the um, the respect to show that you're actually injured. I'm not saying he's not injured. If you are, there should be no problem. Let him have an independent uh, verification of the injury. If the contract says he doesn't have to reschedule, then the, then the Welland team is out of luck. But at least they know it was legit, the injury. That's, the, that's my only point. If all those boxes get checked, then I say absolutely by all means. You know, As long as it's uh, within the, the confines of what that contract says and he's actually injured, then I have absolutely zero problem with Dillian White fighting for the heavyweight championship against Tyson Fury. It's a hell of a fight. He is a deserving challenger uh, and all that. But I'm not going to sit here and say that it's because he had to wait X number of years or days to get the shot for two reasons. One, he got knocked out by Pavetkin; He did get the revenge, but the clock started over. And two, all that period of time where he claimed he was mandatory, he wasn't mandatory. In the WBC, you can be the number one contender, but it doesn't mean you're mandatory. You're mandatory when the organization yeah. says you're mandatory.
5: Can I just ask just a question? Because I'm, I'm not um, um, on the inside of the contract uh, between Salita and White, and maybe, Dan, you, you have a bit of information on this. When, when obviously, Salita and Wallin are looking for medi- medical clarification uh, regarding the injury to Dillian White, have they had that written into the contract? Is that part of the contract that they have in order to then be, obviously, to be able to invoke that part to get what they need?
4: They did not say that that was part of it. Um, I don't know of that, if, if there's terminology in the agreement that says that. My understanding is that the contract does say there's, there's reschedule language, but that is at the option of the Dylan white team. Now, again, I haven't seen the contract, so I don't know if that's true either, but even if that's not in the contract, do you think that's a heavy lift that if you pull out because you say you have an injury that, that your opponent doesn't deserve to see uh, a a independent verified medical report that says you are in fact injured. That seems like just common courtesy. If you ask me now, maybe we don't believe in common courtesy in the sport of boxing, but I operate in my life with common courtesy. I can understand that. I'm, listen i can
5: understand that and i can understand loads of different bits of point of view on this and one thing that i just want to reiterate which i said in the at the start of the dillian white conversation a moment or two ago which dan you weren't here for um but it was this is a voluntary situation it's not, mandated. He's not even
8: 50, he's not in the top 15 in the wbc or any of the organisations. Well, so so it so it was as dillian white said in the interview i handpicked this guy because i wanted to prove that I could do. What, what Tyson Fury couldn't do to him. So, you know, maybe he is a pawn in the game in some ways. But, you know, I I think um, we have had a statement from Dillian White's doctor. You, you know that, you know, you, you cannot force people to give their medical, um, to make their records, medical yeah. records public. Um, I'm, not,
4: Garrett, I'm not saying make it public. I'm saying do it privately between... Yeah. Uh, Team Dylan White and Team Otto Whalen. Is is, is Otto
8: not coming still, though, or do do we not know yet? No, Otto was
4: was in New York. No, he's not coming to London. He's in New York City. They told him, don't get on the airplane. He's in New York City, where he spends most of it. I mean, he's from Sweden, but he spends most of his time in New York City, where he trains, and he's been getting ready for this fight. Um, I mean, look, I I don't think it's fair on any level to to let a guy go through a -a two-and-a-half-month training camp to spend tens of thousands of dollars and have absolutely nothing to show for it. Not even, like, again, the common decency to at least have, like, a a legit examination to say that your opponent is, in fact, injured. Because, you know, again, I'm not not saying that Dylan's not hurt, but I'm saying the other guy doesn't necessarily believe him. That's the point. And, by the way, when you talk about how he's not rated in the organization, here's the reality. The WBC's ratings are irrelevant because they're the ones who said that they would be more than fine with the winner of that fight, whoever is holding the, the interim championship, to fight the winner of Fury Wilder. Remember, that order well, that, was made... But that's why it was, was such an amazing fight.
8: event for Wallin. <clears throat> that's exactly why they, they've invested so much in it, of course, because this is a giant leapfrog, isn't it, for him? You know, because he, he gets a shot at Fury again if he if he had fought White and, and, and won. Um,
4: right, but they took the fight not knowing that. I mean, Otto hmm. Wallin versus Delian White was made with no notion that yeah. the WBC would make that order. And that was also prior to the Wilder and, White and, uh, Wilder and Fury 3 taking place. So, you know, Garrett, you were there in Vegas. Adam, you were there also. Mm-hmm. A few days before the fight, like whatever day it was, like Tuesday, let's say, of the fight week or something like that, the WBC put out this, this ruling saying the winner of the fight on Saturday between uh, Fury and Wilder, is unless they can secure a contract with In Alexander 30 days. Vick, yeah. 30 days, yeah. yeah, they will be obligated to fight the, the, the interim, interim, interim champion. champion. Yeah. Mm, and when mm. they said that, they knew that the interim champion was Dillian White and he was contracted to fight against uh, Otto Whalen. So that is tantamount to saying the Wilder Fury winner fights the winner of the other fight.
8: Yeah, and it made sense because if you... If, if, you know, Wallen had proved enough against, everyone, we all start plotting don't we, these semi-finals and quarter-finals and finals and how the ramifications work, we never know of course because you know, expect the unexpected in boxing but it's one of those messy situations Dan, can I just ask you what the fallout...
4: Oh, yeah. By the way, he had wins He had wins since here, he, beat, he, he scored yeah. knockout against Travis Kaufman, a solid guy Oh, and he, and he, and he won a one-sided decision against uh, Dominic Brazil. Listen, he's a big, strong,
8: powerful, very solid heavyweight uh, who's southpaw and there aren't many many of those around and, and, you know, you've got to give him credit for that. And he was brilliant against uh, Tyson Fury. Um, can I just ask you what the fallout with Deontay Wilde has been like in America I- I in the last couple of weeks? You're there.
4: I mean, the fallout really has been Deontay has been awfully quiet. You know, he obviously had his, uh, his say in the ring, one comment before he was taken to the hospital. I'm sure you've seen the viral video of him saying that he didn't respect Tyson Fury when Tyson went over to, to uh, talk to him in the corner after the, mm-hmm. after the knockout had occurred. Uh, you know, in a couple of days after that, he put out a statement, um, to, you know, saying he hoped that the fans considered him a true warrior after that kind of fight that he put on and that he did congratulate Tyson Fury. And, uh, you know, while I personally have not spoken to Wilder, I've spoken okay. to members of his team. And his manager, for example, Shelley Finkel, says obviously he's not retiring. You know, he's going to rest, and they're looking to come back uh sometime in the spring and you know they haven't had the conversation yet about you know who they want to fight what kind of fight they want to have but uh you know Shelly Finkel was was uh pretty clear that you know Deontay uh you know has more fight left in him and he's going to be back in the ring it'll be you know another exciting event and just a
5: final one Dan Mm -hmm. obviously um Anthony Joshua is over in the States at the moment doing a bit of American (laughs) gym hopping what do you make of that
4: I think that uh You know, All good things come to an end, and while I have always said to you guys and to others for years and years, I have huge respect for Rob McCracken. Sometimes those relationships run their course. It's very clear that they have the wrong game plan for the Usyk fight and that maybe Anthony needs a little bit of a a, a fire reignited under him. And sometimes, again, it's not because Rob's not a good trainer and a a, a quality person. It's that sometimes you just need uh, something to kick you in the butt and a little change of scenery, a little change of pace. And so I think Anthony understands that. Uh, for his career to progress forward and to maybe get over the hump of uh, of the U.S. Green match and to change things up a little bit. He might need a new voice in the corner, and he's here to talk to different American trainers about the possibility of, uh, of working with them. I know we've spent some time visiting with uh, with Ronnie Shields, who's you know I've known for 20 years. He's a, a terrific trainer, 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 isn't he, really? is one of yeah. the very best, yeah. yeah. Ronnie, Ronnie is good in terms of the X's and O's he's mm. good with the conditioning and he's also good with the motivation you know he checks a lot of those boxes and i think there's other fighters or other trainers he's talked to uh virgil hunter also a tremendous uh a trainer with a lot of experience and others so i think that in the in the you know in the in the next you know i don't know a few weeks or whatever we're going to hear about a, a trainer change for joshua or not you said possibility yeah, yeah. we may not, yeah, yeah. Because, no, not because
8: he likes to we're get not. people's advice anthony joshua <laughs>
5: We also had an unscheduled guest join us on Saturday night. As the show was developing, we sent messages out to Dimitris Salita, who is the promoter of Otto Wallen, to try and come and join us. And right at the end of the show, he responded and came on to give his side of the story too.
1: I think that the world of boxing and certainly Otto Wallen has been wrong here, but this is bigger than Otto Whalen. This fight is bigger than just the fight itself. And I think that there should be some real precedence regarding the situation. The WBC announced that the interim champion would fight Tyson Fury, uh, the winner of Fury versus Wilder. And when they made that announcement, the fight was announced, signed, sealed, and delivered. There was certainly a great chance that Otto Whale was going to be the winner. And, um, you know, Otto Whale is not an interchangeable robot. He's a human being. He's a world-class athlete. And that's why we strongly believe, even if Dylan White is injured and he's not physically fit to do the fight, then that fight should be rescheduled for a different date. That that we believe that at the time of the announcement, Otto Whelan had all the benefits and all the um, all the benefits that that Billy and White had until the fight happened and and until and until the right decision was made.
8: So, Dimitri, do you have to take your case, if you like, as you're putting it, to the WBC first of all?
1: Yes, we are we are talking to the WBC contractually. We did a we did a deal with with a uh, traditional boxing deal, a uh, pr- provision of services agreement with Matchroom, mm-hmm. and it is at Matchroom's uh, and it is right, legally speaking, at this point to reschedule the fight. Uh, but we hope that WBC will make the right decision and order a rematch, order not really a rematch, a redo of the fight, and then the winner of that fight can fight Tyson Fury.
8: So, so since the announcement of the injury, what have your conversations been with Eddie Hearn?
1: My conversation for the have been limited. Um, mostly, you know, text messages and voice notes. We, we haven't really... Uh, we really didn't have a chance to speak. But uh, I think that, that Eddie is waiting for the WBC to make a decision as to how they want to rule. And, uh, you know, I watched uh, Eddie's... You know, there's a lot going on, and I watched Eddie's interview before... Uh, on before IFL I, TV
8: last night, yeah. Yeah,
1: on IFL TV before I came on. And, uh, you know, it's... And, and, and you know, and, and what Eddie said... Uh, you know, uh, I think that he's waiting for for the decision that we see. Obviously, we are very upset, and we we believe that we were we were done unjust. And uh, I think that again, Otto is a world-class athlete. Many people felt that he could win. The White was coming out with statements before the fight, after after this announcement, saying that you know what, I could still I could I could just go on straight to Tyson Fury, but I'm a real champion. I'm a real fighter. You know, I can't wait for what Tyson Fury is going to do. I'm going to fight Otto Whalen. So obviously, those thoughts and those ideas of, of, uh, of, of, of pulling out and the possibility that he can fight Tyson Fury without fighting Otto Whalen have, have swept through his mind. And, and that's kind of, you know, that, that's really unfair to Otto Whalen. It's really unfair to the sport of boxing that something like this can happen, that, that a fighter like Otto Whalen can be contracted to to, fight, contracted to fight and then a, a ranking organization makes a decision and, uh, that opponent in this case is being Otto Whelan is just a standstill and, 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 and is really being used, uh, you know, and that's really not right because these guys are athletes and most importantly they're human beings and, you know, basic human rights are impeded in that type of situation. And we feel that Otto Whelan has had, when that announcement was made, we feel that Otto Whelan has had the same rights as as uh, Dylan White because no one knows who was the winner of the fight. It doesn't matter if it was or, well, if it was Mickey Mouse, for sake of a better example, because the other side has a chance to win. That's what a sporting event is about. And, um, you know, actually on that IFL interview, uh, Eddie said, you know, we've seen imaging, we've seen uh, – we did different medical tests. We haven't seen any of that imaging. When, when, uh, when Oscar De La Hoya was supposed to fight with the Belfort, I'm just using it as an example. You know, Oscar posted pictures of himself, videos of himself from a hospital, you know, in, in, in a in a medical robe saying that he couldn't fight, there was there was a corona test that was positive. In this type of situation, you know, obviously injuries happen in boxing, but we, we just we just asked the WBC and asked Eddie and asked Matchroom, let him go to a to an independent medical prof, medical specialist and and let, let the medical specialist decide what the situation is, what the deal is. And I think that the boxing world, and certainly Team Whalen deserves to know. What 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 is the extent of that injury, and and you know, and let's say even if the injury is maybe he can't box for a couple of months, whatever it is, we feel that the, that the next fight, in fairness, should be Otto Willen versus Tyson Fury, and I feel that it's important for the boxing press. This is just not like another type of thing that we can gossip about and talk about and discuss. And then you know, and it's just an entertainment, but it's not entertainment. It's more than entertainment. It's, it's, you know, it's, a real, it's someone's it's career on the line. Like, no, it's someone's, someone's career. Like you that.
8: say, so it's, it's an opportunity for a life-changing. You, you'd have been seeing the build-up as a, as a massive life-changing opportunity. Yeah,
1: yeah. And there's a responsibility <clears throat> to auto that Billion White made vis and Mastro made vis-a-vis signing that contract, and and auto will just deserves deserves to get as I do and mm. and. Whatever is the outcome in the ring, that's that's what it should be. And, you know, the ring is the great, uh, it, the truth, the truth uh, shall set you free. And in this situation, whoever wins in the ring is the guy that should fight Hessen Fury next.
8: So can I just clarify then, because it hasn't been made, so, so from your perspective, you're not going to allow Otto Wallin to headline at the O2 Arena next weekend, regardless of the, who the opponent is, unless it's um Dillian White and it's not Dillian White so he's not going to well, be headlining there next weekend is well, that right you
1: know first first of all you know again I watched that that uh, that interview of uh, of Eddie and uh, and Eddie said that they uh, they offered us some guy you know it was it was it was not really an offer it was just kind of something that was that was set in passing i don't think that auto a world-class athlete who fought Tyson Fury and who gave Tyson Fury objectively the of his Tyson Fury beat some of the best fighters in our sport. Actually, the best heavyweights in the world uh, were defeated by Tyson Fury, and he landed more punches against Tyson Fury than Vladimir Klitschko and Ty- and uh, Deontay Wilder in their first fight put together. So, you know, he's a world-class guy, one of the best heavyweights in the world, in my opinion. After being after being Deontay would be number two. So, um, you know, he, it's it's like it's it's. Um, I don't even know how to properly uh, address it, but we don't feel that that was a real offer. If if if, if uh, I do feel that it would have been proper and would have been right, and it would have been good for the sport of boxing for uh, Ottawa to fight on that card, uh, being that doing White is injured, just to kind of uh, fight to stay active, to stay busy because he put forth a training camp. He spent a tremendous amount of money. You know, we're still in Corona. He had a training camp in New York City. We have to get small partners that are vaccinated, so many logistics going to training camp, going to, into such a training camp, and to be quite honest, you know, uh, Dylan White had a really tough time securing a a a, uh, a dance partner for October 30th. Mm-hmm. And Eddie phoned me and and offered me this opportunity, and um, you know, really kind of desperate. And I spoke with Otto, and we thought about it. And you know, originally Dylan White was supposed to make his US debut, and the other fighter that I promote, Jermaine Franklin, was originally supposed to be. Uh, the fight for Dillian, but uh <clears throat> but uh, Jermaine was out of the ring for for a significant amount of time and WBC WBC didn't want to approve that for the WBC title so uh so you know so so, so Eddie suggested Otto and and uh, after speaking with team Whalen we accepted it and Otto, you know had a again had a had a long and good training camp and this is just so unfair to the sport of boxing and uh and what happens here will set precedence that that uh, such things can happen and I think that that's so unfair and, and I don't think this would happen in any other sport to be quite honest with you.
5: Dim- Dimitri, the, the points that you're making there I think everybody can understand from a moralistic point of view where, where you where you stand at. Where do, where do you believe that you're at from a legal point of view? Because as you said, the fight was offered to you guys. It wasn't a thing that was sanctioned originally by the WBC. Um, obviously it was made between Team White Team and Team Wallen. Yeah, but well, originally it was made between Team White and Team Wallen and then afterwards the WBC came and said that the winner of... Here's uh, a semi-final. They'll well, be all, the winner yeah, of De- exactly. De- Deontay and Tyson Fury will then be ordered to fight the interim champion. And the current interim title holder, of course, is Dillian. And therefore, you, your man fighting Dillian then would obviously bring that into, mm. into play.
1: Exactly. So what you, what you say is a really a great point. Because when, well, exactly, that's such a great point that you made. Yes, the WBC made decision after the auto-wailing versus Dillian Wi-Fi was signed, sealed, delivered and announced for several weeks. So the WBC had to take into consideration that Otto Willing could be the challenger. Obviously, when you go into the ring, anyone could win. That's why we watch this. That's why we watch boxing events.
8: Have you and have you have but, you actually rung uh, Mauricio Suleiman and had this conversation since it's broken down?
1: Yes, we, we were speaking. Yes. And what's he saying?
8: What's he saying then?
1: Well, you know, really, because it's, it's such a sensitive matter. Okay. You know, it, 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 it's 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 between attorneys and between you know. It's, it's in the legal realm, and people are the, and folks from my side and from the side of the WBC, and even Billion White, uh, for, uh, people chant in, and, and everybody has their perspective. Uh, but we feel that our perspective is fair, and we feel that you know, the media's role here is really essential because not only is the media's role to promote fights, which is great, and, and, and what we need in the sport of boxing, but it's also important that they shed light and they shed truth on our sport, and that's the way we're going to improve it. So, this is such a situation and such an opportunity uh, for the media and for the fighters. I have nothing against Dylan White. I have nothing personal against Dylan White. He's a great fighter, you know, I, I, and we appreciate the opportunity. So, I have nothing, it it's nothing personal against Dylan White. I think Dylan White has an opportunity to do what's right in this situation, not just not just go, you know, he, the, the issue here is also that he sent so many quotes saying, you know, I can just skip all the way and go straight to Dylan White. But, uh, but I'm going to take this fight and, uh, and, and and show that I'm a real fighter, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we are just asking for the right thing to happen. Uh, as you said, as everybody knows, the WBC made this decision after the Otto Whalen and the Dream White fight was announced. So no one knew the outcome of that fight, and we just want that outcome to happen in the ring. It's you know it's quite possible that Otto Whalen may not be the victor, but whatever it is, mm. we believe that, that, that Otto... Uh, Deserves, Deserves the des- opportunity. But, 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 but I do believe that he will be the victor. And I think that Gillian White also believes that there's a great chance of will with the victor. And that is why the fight time is scheduled...
3: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com
2: host. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today
5: so there you have it i don't think that will be the end of the story i'm sure there'll be plenty more to come and when it does happen you'll hear it on talk sport now let's move on to other matters because i caught up with frank warren this week to discuss first of all that epic encounter in las vegas
7: Viva Las Vegas! A little
5: less conversation, a little more action, please. Words from the King, but who will we crown tonight? The time for talking is over. Will it be repeat or will it be revenge? TalkSport is exclusively live from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas.
2: Yeah.
7: towards
5: his corner. Deontay Wilder was winning the round, then all of a sudden, Tyson Fury detonated and it flipped on its head.
1: Big run for
2: Deontay Wilder! Down goes Tyson!
4: Absolutely
8: extraordinary. It's who wants it the most now, it's a battle of will and not just skill. This is already a classic.
6: Up come from Fury, followed by the left hand, and another right. Down Damn. goes the Go other, shoulder, and the referee has waved the fight over. Tyson Fury is still
1: the WBC heavyweight champion of the world. Hey, I got a first class ticket. And I was fly as a guy can be. I was walking in Vegas. As we have
6: just witnessed the third fight of what will go down in boxing history as one of the all-time classic trilogies. The Gypsy
8: King still reigns supreme in the Nevada desert. But
0: what an effort that was from the bronze bomber from Deontay Wilder.
8: And I sang with Oh my mind she said tell me are you a christian child and i said ma'am i am
0: tonight walking in the it just shows what he's all about you know he gets knocked down and he gets up again but you know he's, he's got a tremendous will to win a tremendous mindset to overcome adversity and, he, and that's what he did in that fight that's what made it such a good fight And you also got to take your hat off to Wilder because it wasn't for him. It would have been such a great fight. You know, he he pulled out the stops and gave more than everything.
4: Hmm.
5: In, In the aftermath of the second fight, we obviously saw Deontay go into denial. And for 20 months, his reputation kind of took a little bit of a bash. How delighted are you to see him post on social media in the aftermath of the third fight, conceding that he got beat by the better man, especially when he stopped Rose in that third fight, in my opinion?
0: Well, it did. I mean, you know, he, he, he's part of a of a, probably one of the most exciting trilogy of fights we've ever seen. You know, the first fight was a magnificent fight. Second fight was a magnificent performance from Tyson. And the third fight is a magnificent performance from both of them. You know, three really different different types of fights, some great fights. And, you know, hes uh, I'm, I'm glad he's acknowledged it. Tyson at the end of it all. I mean, because you know, it was, I mean, the second fight, all the excuses were ridiculous. But they, all, that all turned. That, that's just, that's all sort of fizzled out now. And as you say, he did acknowledge at the end, at uh, the end of, the, you know, a couple of days later, the result. Just a shame on the night that Tyson went over to him to sort of, you know, like these do these guys. These are these are unbelievable sportsmen, unbelievable mm-hmm. people, boxers. You know, that, that can stand toe to toe and go to. Such lengths and drag all this out of their bodies and you know, and do what they do, and then afterwards want to congratulate each other. It's just a sh- shame on the night that um, he did, Deontay didn't respond to it, but he's obviously had time to think about it now, and he's uh, he's come out and done the right thing at last,
5: yeah, absolutely. I think on Talksport, we put it down to the heat at the moment. It was just good to see in the aftermath, like you say, that he uh, that he has conceded. Um, in the build up to that fight, Tyson had a road map. Realistically, Frank, what type of timescale are we, are we looking at, first of all, to get Tyson back in? And what type of opponent <clears> are, you, are you thinking, given what's happened this week?
0: Well, like all roads, there's uh, lots of bumps and bends in them, and we've seen that happen, as you just said. Uh, but at the moment, I, I haven't even discussed fights with him. He's with his family. He's, uh, he's been in constant training for 20 months, bar catching COVID. Which, was a, which kept him out. And more importantly, mm. when his young daughter was born, Athena, and she was in, taken to intensive care a couple of times. So that went by the wayside boxing and so forth. But other than that, he's been constantly in the gym. So, you know, not that he needs me to say it, but I said to him, you should go and you spend some time now with your family, which is what he's doing, some quality time. He's got a newborn daughter, which he's not spent any time with at all. And the rest of the kids, and uh, let's talk about it in a couple of weeks' time when dust settles. Uh, Yet yeah, another one of those bumps in the road happened this week with uh, the Wallin fight uh, with um, uh, Dillian White. That's now out. I don't know whether they've got. I don't know where they've got a contract for the fight. Some, you know, normally contracts have injury clauses in. Them. I don't know what situation is there. So that's another bump in the road. And uh, but you know whatever whatever's going to happen over the next month. Will happen, and I don't think Tyson will fight probably till
5: February or March next year, if indeed he wants to fight. Okay. In, in the immediate aftermath, we spoke to Sullivan, um, and he said that you guys have 30 days in order to try and make an Usyk fight. If that's not going to happen, then it would probably be the interim WBC champion in in Dillian White. First of all, was that ever explored? Was a Usyk fight ever explored? I know that there's a rematch clause with AJ there, but was ever even look into that, it? I've,
0: They've exercised the rematch rules, so we can't be doing that. Otherwise, we'll be interfering with a contract. So that's where we are with that. So that's up to eight. The only one who can allow it to happen is AJ. It's as yeah. simple as that. Um, as regarding the interim champion, I don't know. Did they order that fight, did WBC? I'm not sure if they did order the fight between Wallin or not. I don't know how that works out. So now we'll see what the WBC say, and then they'll make that decision. And after that, Tyson will make his decision. At the end of the day, you know he's the what you want to call him? The lineal champion. He's certainly the number one of his generation anyway, and uh, I'm sure he'll only do what he wants to do now.
5: Um, what have you made of Anthony Joshua's American Gym Hop?
0: Well, look, uh, you know there was obviously there was obviously something wrong in that corner. You know, listen, you know the bits, the snippets you got by listening on TV. Mm-hmm. Where they were telling him that you know everything was going fine and it was all right because it wasn't. I don't know what fight you know they were watching to be saying that. So he's he's doing what he's doing. He's going to a few gyms and maybe he'll, he'll come back and say I've got a new trainer or maybe he'll come back and want to add this guy to the team or maybe he'll come back and say I'm happy with with Robert McCracken and the team. I have got no idea that's going to be his choice. Um, you know, for me, it, it, he needs to do something. Obviously, he needs to do something drastic because he's not going to beat Usyk the second time around if their fight goes ahead, based upon that performance. In fact, I think Usyk will get more out of it than he will because Usyk, according to what he said at the end of the fight for his translator, he said that he was his instruction was to go and box him, not to go and knock him over. And that's what he did, but he nearly knocked him over. Had that fight gone on another 20 seconds, 15 seconds, it would have stopped him. They were swinging the towel round to throw it in anyway at that stage. So I would think Usyk, Usyk's going to feel it, that rematch will certainly be more than up for it now. I think he, it's, what, it's, it's a bit like Tyson and Deontay Wilder. Tyson's got his number. He'll always get his best. And I think it may be the, the case with Usyk against AJ. And the only way AJ's going to beat Usyk, he's going to have to do what Deontay Wilder did. And that's go out and take yeah. the fight and put it on him. And if he stands off him, he'll get his head boxed up. As I said all along, you know, if he stands at the end of the fight, Oostrik, they'll put his arm up. And that's what they
5: did. Now then, this week uh, you were at the press conference for Lyndon Arthur versus uh, Anthony Yard two, but the the first fight. That, listen, anybody that was into trade knew that there was a lot riding on that particular fight. It feels bigger this time. It feels like there's a lot more riding on this one, a lot more at stake. Let's say, would you would you agree with that? Absolutely. The, the first fight, it, it didn't, it, it, it
0: was a good, it was a good fight to watch, but it wasn't what I expected it to be. I expected a bit of a barnstormer. But I think, you know, it was behind closed doors, there were no fans yeah. there. And it was what he was. And, uh, you know, Anthony was upset with the decision, but I felt that uh, Lyndon had done enough to win the fight, which he did. He got it, it as a split decision, but it was a, it was a, you know, it was what it was. This time since then, Linden's now ranked as the mandatory is number one in the again in the WBO. Anthony can't afford a loss. Lyndon doesn't want to lose that slot because the, whoever gets in that number one slot, as soon as Joe Smith has his next fight, and he he actually went down with a, a virus, mm. uh, he's supposed to fight soon, but as soon as he has his fight, he, the winner that the, they will order the WBO that he fights the number one. So that's what's with it much more at stake now. And it seems there's a bit, it's, it's quite a bit of an animosity in, in, entered into it. Fight was originally due to take place in October. It didn't take place because uh, Pat Barrett was to fight on in Manchester. We couldn't get a venue in Manchester, because what people don't understand. It's not just boxing that was affected by COVID. It was the whole of the entertainment world and all those concerts and things were all pushed back. So it's difficult getting venues on certain dates. So we couldn't get the venue to match the TV date. And anyway, it's, it's on now. On in, on in the Copper cup Box in December and I think I really do think with all what's involved it seems like I was actually thinking of making the, cup, the trainers fight each other on the undercut it seems there's a lot going a lot on it now. it's got a little bit personal so I, I think it's going to catch a light and I, and I believe we'll get a real good fight out
5: Now as Frank discussed there there's a cracking tie coming up on December the 4th Lyndon Arthur Is going at it again with Anthony Yard. And Lyndon Arthur caught up with Gareth Air Davis this week to discuss that fight.
0: Oh, and again, look, I think that might be thank you and good night. One more punch might do it and it's all over. And Lyndon Arthur in the ninth round finds the stoppage, your winner. And still, WBO
2: intercontinental light heavyweight champion, Lyndon King
7: Arthur! I don't think I was supposed to win this fight. Well, I wasn't supposed to win this fight, and I kind of messed up the plans. So, you know, I, and, I, and i said it many times, but I signed the contract, to probably should have looked over a bit more. I signed and kind of tied myself into this rematch. And... Um, but to be fair, at the same time, I'm not too fussed about fighting him again. It's probably the biggest like British fight for me out there right now, um, before world, and 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 it's a it's a huge fight. The the the, the interest is, is is highly involved in this now. So, you know, it's exciting. There's a bit of a bit of me like the press conference and stuff, and it just gives me a bit a bit more of a, a bit more of an edge to the fight.
8: Is there genuine dislike between the two of you? I mean, you know...
7: He... Nah, not not, not not between me and Yard. It's not a dislike. This is just business. Um, we're just fighting. We just happen to be in the same weight category. We're under the same promotion. It doesn't feel like that, but we happen to just be under that. And, and you know, we we are both at a level of... He's had 20-odd fights. I've had 19 fights. We're we we, we we near in, 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 in levels in regards to that uh, amount, amount of fights we've had. Um, and you know, we, we from hand, from me beating him, it's given me a bit of a, a of a decent name. So I'm probably the best person he can fight in Britain right now, over there the double waxes and stuff like that. So it probably just makes sense
8: as well. But from a year ago, Lyndon, with the IBF and the WBO, now it's it's your position to lose now, isn't it?
7: Yeah, of course. And if, and, and as I have said many a time, if he have beat me, he. In the same fight, if he'd got the decision, he'd got pushed on for a war title. Everyone in the world knows that. Everyone that's involved in, or, or everyone that's invested in this, in this fight knows that. But it, it, it's boxing politics, and as I said before, he's Frank's little baby, so you know we have to look after his, his children.
8: But after this, if you can win this a second time, maybe you become Frank's lion then.
7: Well, that I, I assume that's what's about to happen.
8: You know, you sp- obviously. Pat Barrett, your trainer, knows all about the way these things work. What's he advised you in
7: regards to
8: what? Well, just about how to go about this—that that you should be se- making certain demands after this after you win this fight. Well, yeah, of course. You know,
7: um, like you say, he's been in before, so you know he's. He, but in regards to looking after me, he's probably just—you know—he's just he just wants the best for me. So I'm sure I'm sure we'll come down to some agreements after the fight.
8: Do you want a world title fight next? Do you want to pursue Joe Smith Jr. or should you come through this?
7: Every, yeah, I mean, I want to start boxing if I never, want a world title fight. And, and like you say now, you, I, as you just you just put on my rankings there, I'm, I'm pretty close to it. You know, so 1 million percent, that's, that's what I'm in boxing for, to be at the pinnacle of the sport. And, and the pinnacle of the sport is, 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 or start at the pinnacle of the sport, is to be a, become a world champion with one of the governing bodies.
8: What are you expecting this time? Because you dominated behind the jab in the last fight. The, the simplest tool in boxing, but often the most effective. You have got a fantastic jab. You're a huge man with massive power at 175 pounds. Do you expecting a slightly
7: different fight this time? Yeah, man, I'm expecting Yard to come out from the very off fast. And I'm it straight on me because he knows, he knows in his head, he knows this, he can't help box me. He can't, it's impossible. He can't. So he's point is in training. So he's going to come out, he's going to come first round, he's going to he's going, to, he's going to unleash his bombs. that's so what he's going to do. And you better hope he doesn't tire, because I won't. And that's just flat. And I'm going to be there. I'm training for a war.
8: You've spoken in the last year as well. I mean, it's been a good year for you, say in many ways, because obviously it's elevated your name. It wasn't in front of a crowd. This is going to be in front of a crowd, which will make a difference, of course. It's a fantastic little arena, the Copper Box. Uh, been there many times. And it's... Um, but over the last year, you, you've spoken about being more of a role model in your community up there in Manchester as well. That are you noticing that people are following your journey and watching your journey and seeing that they can do the same? Because I know that means something to you,
7: Lyndon. Yeah, it's great. You know, the, the the kids in the gym, more to more more to speak, that are that are in there. You know, the the, the Thomas McDonough, he, he runs a nice um, a good school there um, for. I think kids are, that are now that are getting kicked out of school and stuff like that or, or just having days at the gym from school to, to kind of split the days up and they're coming in and they're, they're able to be around the likes of me and Zelf and all the other boxers in the gym. And, and, and they're seeing and, and, and when you speak to them, you have to let, you let them know that I I was the same as you. I, I got kicked out of school too and, 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 and I was not in school too and I was from the estate too. And look, what I've done kind of thing. And they get to see that and they get to look at that and, and whether, you know, even if it only affects one of them or, or, or 10 of them, it doesn't really make a difference as long as it affects someone, because I kind of never, well, I never had it, but I come into boxing late, so I wouldn't narrate when I found it, kind of thing. So the fact that they're finding it earlier than I did is, is, is a blessing yeah it's a bigger picture story that one isn't it and I, I, and yeah. I praise you
8: for being on board on that one on, on, on the train on that one because uh, you know you do come from a very tough area where, where lives can be changed through the gym and through role models and it, it, it's something that that I think stands out about you and the way you carry yourself but can I just ask you about um, other British um, rivals um, Joshua Boatsey um, Callum Smith now is in the £175 division Callum Johnson um, Craig Richards are these all guys on your radar as well?
7: Obviously because we are again we are in the same division we are all the same weight. we are all from Britain we, we are um, make good good matches um, I think Callum Smith's a bit a touch ahead as, he, as he's been you know a, a, a world champion before Again, it's not these fights. These fights are not too far out of my reach now. You know, I'm, like you say, I'm. I'm. The, the rankings say that. You know, so eventually, I'm sure all these fights and all the fights that you just mentioned that will get. We'll get into a mix of. We'll get into a mix up of things.
8: It'd be a pity, wouldn't it? Like you know, you're having two with two fights with Yard. It would be a pity if there aren't crossover fights and all those others. And you know, because. No one knows who the best light heavyweight in Britain is. I know you will consider yourself to be that man. But at the moment, we don't know. Because there's a group of fighters there. Rather like we talk about the heavyweight division, apart from Tyson Fury, everybody needs to fight each other. Apart from um, the lightweight division, everyone needs to fight each other. And that, that, you know, you're you all late 20s or early 30s. So it, it's, it's a fantastic division. For fights to be made, and there's nowhere in the world where fans turn out as much at the moment as in Britain.
7: Yeah, of course, and, and like you say, we're all we're all relatively around the same age, and you know. So I'm, I'm guessing the next the next five years in, in boxing for me and for the rest of them are going to be fun, and there's some big fights to be made.
8: When you went into the fight with uh, Anthony Yard last year, it's almost a year to the day that you're going to fight him again. Um, what, what have you learnt about yourself in that last year since that victory? Because it was a brilliant night. It was it was celebrated in, 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 in the British boxing world, in the, in the world of boxing, but also by your own camp because you, you knew and you had faith in yourselves um, against this guy that was put up there as, as a guy who's challenged Kovalev already and uh, Sergei Kovalev and lost to him in Russia. Um, what have you learnt about yourself in that year, Lyndon?
1: Mm.
7: Well, you no, know, I'm just, yeah, nothing that I didn't already know. You know, it's just, for me, it's just about reaching the potential that, I've, that I know that I've got. Like um, you I said, there was never no doubt in my mind. So I'm only doing things that I, I'm aware of that I can do
5: already. Some sad news this week. The monster clash between Josh Taylor and Jack Catterall is off December the 18th but push back to February the 22nd I caught up with Jack the challenger uh, this week to get his thoughts and obviously commiserate him on his disappointment
0: Jack Catterall now coming up towards the final bell And a very clear winner, I am sure. Our
2: referee in charge, Victor Loughlin, scores this contest 99-90 to in favor of your winner and still undefeated, Jack Elgato Cattrall.
9: I'm serious about this fight and I wanted to be there firsthand and, and watch Josh and Ramirez fight each other knowing that a mandatory for the WBO, and that potentially could be fighting the winner. Mm. Uh, you'll know yourself, Adam, have been chasing the world title fight in general now for well over two years. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a good trip, I guess. I got some good training out in America, some good sparring, uh, watched the Taylor Ramirez fight, and, yeah, I come back home, and, uh, obviously, we'll get on to it, but things have got a slight bump in the road now, but hopefully this fight
5: can get done listen like you said you've been chasing this for such a long period of time an extra couple of months mate ain't going to do you any harm is it you know what I mean I'm sure you're still absolutely in. we'll get to it in a minute you just mentioned there that you spent some time uh, working in a couple of gyms out there I know that you went to the top ranked gym and got a a bit of sparring in uh, there good experience I always say this for, for, for all fighters that are obviously British based go on Get out there, go and enjoy some other gyms, go and see what other people are doing as well, just to, just to broaden those horizons. Did you Did you enjoy the experience of doing a bit of work out
9: there? Of course, yeah, it was brilliant for me. Uh, I've been quite fortunate enough, uh, earlier on in my career, I got some time out in America sparring, but like you just said, it's, it's, uh, it's invaluable getting out to America, getting out of your comfort zone, doing something you don't normally do every day in, in your gym at home, mm. uh, sparring different fighters, feeling that bit of pressure in the gym, uh, and I think it, it builds you as a character, it's good, and like you said, then you can go into different gyms, you keep your eye open, you're watching what other trainers, what other fighters are doing, and what I've found in America is, over here we have one boxing gym, one coach, mm. a couple of fighters, in America they have one boxing gym, five coaches, 50 fighters, it's everybody's competitive, everyone yeah. wants to be the best, so it's, uh, I like being in that environment where you're in the gym and, People are calling each other out and there's a bit of rivalry. So I think it's good fun. I, when, when
5: I've spoken to people about that experience in the past, you, you can get comfortable and, and not that you are and not that any anybody is in, uh, in the VIP gym with, uh, with the likes of Jamie and Nigel cracking the whip and what have you. But sometimes it's nice to just be out your comfort zone, to feel that you, you're not in your own place. You, you're not the big dog in town and you've got to kind of go and prove yourself. There's a different type of mentality when you're turning up for training like that, isn't there?
9: Yeah, sometimes you've got to go and get that reality check. Uh, so all like right being in your own gym. I guess sometimes sparring who you would like to spar. But, uh, and don't get me wrong, uh, up until the other day, we had everything organised. Jamie yeah. and I put a great programme together. My strength coach, everything was, was, was sweet as a nut. But it's all changed now. But yeah, going out in these other gyms and, and feeling the pressure. And then sometimes you might come away and we think, right, I've got to work on this. That wasn't we getting a bit comfortable doing, doing the same thing, so sometimes I guess it's a bit of a reality check and uh, you can go back with new ideas and, and keep building.
5: Did you get to work with any familiar names out there? Did you get to spot any familiar names? Gabriel uh, Flores. Gabriel
9: yeah, he, Flores, he, he, okay. Yeah, so I managed to get a few rounds with him. Uh, Kevin Johnson from the Mayweather Gym.
4: Yeah.
9: I believe he's a well-to-weight fighter. Got some rounds with him, but uh, I wouldn't say any, any massive names, but definitely a good experience getting in the gym and just uh just being there and soaking it up and getting some some good sparring.
5: Mm. Um now obviously you were doing that because you were working towards the date of December the 18th. That's been pushed back now. Obviously your opponent Josh Taylor has uh, suffered an injury so it's been pushed back to uh, February 22nd. Um talk to me about how that affects first and foremost training because I know that you were right in the thick of it right in the thick, starting serious sparring and what have you, mate. So how does that now affect your preparations? Do you have to taper off? Do you just keep ticking over for another particular day or do you, do you take a total break?
9: Yeah, so you you're probably know I've been training I'm pretty much in the gym uh, all year, not, not killing it all year. I've been ticking over in stages, building a bit of momentum, coming away, uh, and I was in a really good place. Yesterday we had our first... Uh, I've been sparring, but our first proper sparring of Camp Camp. Mm. Uh, and I went ahead with that sparring yesterday, even though I knew the news were coming uh, last night. Bit of a signal, really, but uh, I'm a great believer in it is what it is, everything for a reason. Uh, I sat down with Jamie and Nigel, uh, we had a little chat, and it's not the be-all and end-all, the fight's not off. Uh, it's just been postponed, so about just being sensible, I'm not going to have to kill it now for the next uh, couple of weeks, I can, I can take a step back, keep working on things, uh, keep keeping the gym, keep fresh, but ultimately, just a matter of time before I get him.
5: Yeah, man, uh, listen, from a psychological point of view, it, it's tough, and I know it's tough, but as you said right at the start of this conversation, you've been chasing this opportunity for a long period of time, and for people that forgot, you actually gave uh, Josh the, that opportunity to unify with Ramirez, you you said, "Listen, lad, you go ahead, unify the division, and I obviously get uh, the winner of that." So you've kind of already taken a bump early earlier in the year uh, ahead of this fight, um, and and dealing and dealing with the news that comes out because you've you've been gearing towards it for such a long period of time. I can understand it being something that is quite difficult to deal with mentally, but it's two months in it, and I know that it's over. It's all right, it's hard because it's over Christmas and New Year and all that type of thing
9: as well. But. It's hard. Like you said, it's Christmas, New Year. And, and you know what? I feel like there's been that many obstacles in my way since, since uh, Hooker having the belt, Flanagan moving up, et cetera, et cetera. We can go down yeah. that road another time, but there's been that many obstacles to get here. And I think, you know what? The fight's not off. It's two months. Yeah, yeah I might be on a prep meal for me, for my Christmas dinner, but so what? I'm there now. This is like the last mile. Yeah. Uh, and they can they can try and do anything they want. They can have a sore They can have another four weeks. Ultimately, I'm getting that fight and I'm coming to beat Josh Taylor.
5: See, that's the and that's the attitude that you have to have, mate. And I know that you just talked about the prep meal for your, for your Christmas dinner and what have you, but that's real. And people don't see this. People see the glitz and glamour of fight night, right? Fans love all that and they'll buy the tickets and they'll come in the thousands to watch you and Josh fight. But the, the preparation that goes into getting you to that night, like you've just said now, the fight was supposed to be December 18th. It's off now. So therefore your Christmas preparations have changed. Your New Year's preparations have changed. I have no doubt having a young family, you probably plan something in the new, new year for you all to go and enjoy yourselves. But that's obviously now got to just take a little bit of a backburner before we get to February 22nd.
9: Of course. Uh, listen, I've got a good support system. My girlfriend's amazing. My family's amazing. We stick together. We get this fight smashed out in February. Christmas, I get to wake up. I'm fortunate enough that where I train, I don't have to travel too far. Mm. I can wake up on Christmas Day with my baby, open the presents, I can get to the gym in the afternoon, and it's one of them. What will be, will be. We keep focused for February and uh, be able to enjoy Christmas, spend time with the family, but I'll still be in the gym making the sacrifices for February.
5: Uh, now, having spoken to you on, on previous occasions, mate, I know that you're a little bit of a sicko, and I know that you will actually be enjoying the fact that uh, you will be the aware fighter going up to Scotland. There's something romantic about that, isn't there, going into another man's country uh, to try and uh, take his crown off him?
9: Yeah, you feel like a bit of I uh, I can't explain the word. It, it feels good. Uh, I've I probably said before I felt like I've been in this position before. Uh, I've been uh not the home fighter. I've been the away fighter. I've had to go and upset the odds in someone else's town, and I always bring a little army with me to do that, and I think this will be the same. And people have spoken about, oh, you, it's it's Josh's back garden. There's loads of mad uh, Scots up there. You know what? I think I'm going to thrive off that, I think. Put me in that situation. You're going to see a better Jack Catterall, uh, and don't get it wrong. Don't get me wrong, there will be a lot of... Uh, UK fans and Jack Catterall fans coming to Scotland as well
5: to make the atmosphere. Oh, mate, it'll be a fantastic night. I mean, I know that a lot of people obviously were looking forward to it week before, weekend before Christmas. I know that I knew loads of people that were going up to watch it um, and I've no doubt it'll be exact same thing uh, on February 22nd. The atmosphere will be sensational and it's a fight that we're all extremely excited about. Um, talk to me about the gym in general because it's buzzing at the moment. Obviously, uh, Chantel now, top of the bill at the O2 uh, on the 30th um, and Mate, this this could actually be a reality. Say, February, March of next year, there could be two undisputed champions coming out of uh, the Northwest Gym.
9: That, that's the plan, yeah. So, the gym at the moment's buzzing. Uh, next weekend, uh, between... In, in the VIP gym, we've got four fights next weekend. Yeah. So we've got three fighters on the Friday night and Chantel topping the O2 on a Saturday night in in her quest to become undisputed uh, female, like, welterweight champion. So... It's, uh, we, we've had a laugh in the gym about it but like you just said Ben uh, that is our we're in. next year we want to be in that gym with with eight belts between us
5: Mate what an achievement that would be for uh, for the gym for yourselves and obviously for the work that uh, for Jamie and, and Nigel have put in for people that don't know too much about the gym that you're working out of <laughs> uh, as well as the hard work that goes in and the, uh, and the elite tutelage that you all get there's some serious banter going on in there isn't there especially with that Travis that Nigel Travis man he's off his head
9: you know what, Nigel's been ace and and he's been, there. I know people see what they see on the social media and when you see him in person we can have a great laugh and he's a great character to be around but in all seriousness, he's been golden this this last couple of years Jamie and Nigel have both been, uh, been more than boxing coaches, they've been good friends and uh, like I said serious teachers as well, I think they've found the right balance yeah. in the gym where they can have that friendship, that relationship and also you respect them as you coach and they can teach the boxing and, you know, what? It's, uh, it's landed well for me.
5: Our final guest on Fight Night this week was the tremendous Clarissa Shields. She was on, first of all, discussing her upcoming MMA clash.
3: Me being the quote, is like, if you're the quote, you should be able to box, you should be able to MMA, you should be able to fight smaller weight classes, bigger weight classes. And I think just, like, me being the combat, just... Person, it just was like I really wanted to try myself in the and that's what I'm doing. And then, what's it doing for you? Um, I mean,
8: obviously, you're training I think, at Wink Wink uh, Jackson, amazing place with some of the most amazing MMA fighters. Holly Holmes there, who's done both codes as well. So, yeah. that must help.
3: Yeah, you know, training at Jackson and Wink, one of the main reasons why I chose Jackson Wink is because there were a lot of people that reached out to me to come train, um, but it just was like. People were like, oh, as long as you learn how to defend a sprawl, you don't have to learn anything else. You don't have to learn just You don't have to learn uh, you know, uh, wrestling if you just learn how to just sprawl. And I thought that was just the dumbest idea. I I, I really did. I just was like, so wait, you tell me I learned how not to be taken down and just beat everybody up on the feet and I can win the fight. But when I watch MMA, it's so much more complex and diverse than that. So when I came to Jackson Wink, they were like, Look. Of course, we're going to teach you how to sprawl, but they're like, we want to teach you jiu-jitsu, we want to teach you wrestling, we want to teach you kickboxing, and we want to add, add uh, everything to your arsenal and make you be a complete MMA fighter. And that's what I wanted to hear because I'm the type of athlete that I can do it. As long as I'm taught the right way, I can do it. So um, since I've been at Jackson Wing, I've just been learning, 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 and the uh, coaches have been very impressed with me this whole time.
8: Abigail Montero, Mexicana, training in Mexico with some very, very good mixed martial artists down there. She's your opponent next Wednesday night, October the 27th, Hollywood, Florida. She's 2 0. Oh. Um, what do you know about her? And she, I've been reading what she's been saying, which is, I take her to the ground, she's in trouble.
3: <laughs> um, from what I've seen, Abigail Monte likes to come forward and be the bully. You know, she's fought against. Um, girls who she's stronger than, who she's taller than, and she go on sh- and she's more athletic than, and she just kind of bullied them around, you know, but it's going to be a different kind of party with myself, you know, I'm a very, very strong fighter, I'm very athletic, I know some jiu I know some wrestling, I know how to fight, and um, she's She got too many different game plans for me. It's like, oh, one minute she's saying she's gonna take me down, and then next minute she's saying she's gonna outstrike me. She doesn't know what she's gonna do until she gets in there. But um, I know the first time somebody gets hit, their mind starts changing. You hit them again, their mind changes some more. You punch them, you punch them again, the mind starts going into survival mode. So that's what I'm looking forward to doing against uh, Abigail. Just let her know, like, I'm not no wimp, and she can't just get in there and walk all over me. And if she wants to win, Oh man, she's gonna have to earn it. Now let's go eat and party.
7: <laughs> um,
8: I know that you're determined to be a world champion in both codes now. Yeah, how long, how long is that journey in MMA gonna be to, to enable you to do that?
3: I think 2023 is a magical year for that. And I and I say that because I'm just mapping out my little years and this year, I'm doing both boxing and MMA. I had boxing in March, MMA, June, MMA um, next week, December boxing in the UK and Birmingham. Woohoo! And then um, I had the big fight with, hopefully I had the big fight with Savannah Marshall um 2022. And after I beat her, after I shut all those naysayers up who say that, oh, she has the antidote to beat Clarissa Shields, whatever. After I shut all of them up, I think I'm going to take a break from, um, from boxing and spend just that whole year, 2022, focusing on MMA, getting better, learning that game. Because if they want me to fight in a tournament 2022, if my coaches feel like I'm ready, I'm going to take their word and go for it. But if they feel like I'm not, I still want to spend that you know spend that year getting ready you know, and I want to learn more, and when I get to 2023, I want to have all the confidence in the world that I know, jujitsu, wrestling, kickboxing, that I can mix it all together, Mm. and that I know what I'm doing inside of there, to where it doesn't matter who I get inside the cage with, when I get inside the cage with them, that I have a big chance of winning, so I'm thinking 2023 is the magical year, but to have to get a few more of these boxing matches out the way, December 11th, Savannah Marshall, hopefully, and then MMA.
8: You're obviously really well-known over here. You won Olympic gold over here. Um, You're a name over here. I don't know if you're aware, if you've been over here, boxing is huge here as well, as well Mm -hmm. as MMA. Um, It's a really big fight, you and Savannah, here in the UK. Um, It could well be a small stadium, like 30,000, um, it could, you know, it could. Is work. that what y'all
3: consider small? Thirty
8: thousand? Shit. Well, but it could be. In, but if you guys did it in the summer, you know, like April, May onwards, and you did it in a rugby rugby stadium or a, a smaller, you know, not one of the premiers. I think you might struggle to do seventy thousand right now. But if you guys have a trilogy, mm-hmm. and I, I I a have A trilogy. Played, she got to make it through the first
3: fight, my man.
8: That that's fair enough, but, um. You, What you both are, there aren't many elite women uh, to match at the moment in the sport like that. For me, it's a super fight. No, I, but I'm saying in terms I of a cannot, super fight, Carissa, not in terms
3: of... I cannot say that Savannah Marshall is a super athlete. And it's not like a dislike for her. I promise you it's not. It's because of the fact of, look at her opponents, who she's fought against. Like, I, like I fought against head honchos, Hannah Gabriels. Right, um, so, I mean, Christina Hammer, Tori Nelson, like these girls were undefeated. These girls had already had world titles, been been on the game for I don't know how long. Like, I French on Cruz, like I fought some heavy hitters, you know. Compared to, I think you
8: know, is one of your toughest opponents, by the way. She's tough,
3: French oh. on. Yeah, yeah.
8: I love the HH yeah. h diva. I mean, like.
3: She's, listen, she's I tougher. would see you
8: two fight again. I would see that fight again.
3: And you know what? That's the fight that 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 I think is a super fight for me. I watched Hagler Hearns when you
8: two fought. I watched Hagler Hearns. When mm-hmm. you fought the T-Mobile, it was Hagler Hearns. And you both put your dresses on and went out afterwards. I mean, do you know, <laughs> what, I mean? do you know what I mean? Like, you
3: know? Yeah, and you know what? Now, I always people like, Franchine is a great fighter. I just feel like whenever me and her have gone inside the ring together, she always ups her game. And if she was to fight me like she fought those other girls, like I would probably like would have stopped there in the amateurs. But it was like every time we fought, she came with this huge chip on her shoulder and she was just sharp and powerful, just like she was doing our pro debut. But no, back to what I was saying though, I think that Marshall, Marshall, if she, if she was to fight the girls that I that I fought and congrats to her being Hannah Rankin because Hannah Rankin was a very, very, you know, decent fighter, but I'd be Hannah, but I'd be Hannah Rankin too, unanimous decision even and, and then they're like, oh, how come you, but you didn't knock her out. I fought three weeks later against M.K. Hermans. Like I knew I had two fights back to back before I got inside the ring to fight against Hannah Rankin. So it was like knowing that I got two fights back to back, I didn't want to get injured you know, fighting against Hannah Rankin, trying to go for the KO, and then have to fight three weeks later up in LA. You know, so, regardless, you know, Hannah Rankin was a really good fighter. I feel like Hannah Rankin just used the, right, used the wrong game plan against Savannah Marshall. She played a lot with her in the mind. She played a lot into the, oh, she's the smaller girl thing, and then she went in there and shot her low and ended up getting KO'd, I don't know, seventh round, eighth round, one of those rounds. But, you know, congrats on that, but who else has Savannah Marshall fought for somebody to, to, to say that she's on the elite level of myself? If you can give me a name of who she fought, who can put on that level, I would I'm, I'm I'm all ears.
8: Well, I like the way she reacted to being under attack on um on Saturday night. And I remember thinking she needed this because Clarissa's gonna bring that and more, you know? I'm gonna bring
3: it a hundred times more, and I ain't gonna run out
8: of gas. Exactly, but I That's mean, I, I'm just wishing, as a boxing fan, that um, for you, for everyone, a bit like for Deontay and Tyson Fury, Deontay's not a big star in America. He should be. Um, if he'd beaten Tyson Fury, he'd be a huge star now. He did not. He should have had so much more recognition in America than he got but he didn't have the dance partner. Now, if you two, when you, I know you, I know your feeling is that you will beat her easily, you're quicker, you're faster hand speed, all those things. But if you do dance together for a year and a half and have three fights, they always get bigger. That's all I'm saying. And- No, look, I,
3: I definitely believe that, but I just know that the, any girl who I fought against, I've always taken something out of them. Even going to, going to the next fight, they always fight different,
6: mm-hmm.
3: you know. So I feel like me fighting against Marshall, everybody's talking about like a trilogy or like a two fight deal or whatever that, like the case may be. But after she get hit by me up in the first fight, she may not want to do a second fight. Now me, I probably like, I'm gonna be all for it, but it's a difference to when you get in there with me now. Like it's not a lot of girls calling out for rematches with me, but. If it was to happen, I mean, it would be a great, you know, trilogy, I believe, because once you fight a fighter once, you learn more. And just like myself, you learn more, and you go out there and you fight better. And, I mean, look at Deontay Wilder, Fury 1, draw. Second fight, three knocks him out. Third fight, he knocks him out, but he knocks him out later. You know, so it's all, it's all different, you know?
5: There you have it. What a show that was. Action packed from start to finish. Make sure you're coming back to join us every single Saturday night live on TalkSport. But if that's too much of an ask to you, because I know that you're out partying, you can always get us on a Monday morning via the podcast. Please subscribe via iTunes and via the TalkSport website. We'll catch you next time.
3: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row?